welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Hello, ladies. So glad you've chosen to join us during this busy season of Christmas preparations. Today, we are going to talk about Mary, and Val is going to open the Word of God and show us what it must have been like for Mary to be the mother of the Son of God, Jesus. Thank you, Esther. You know, I am definitely one of those ones who love Christmas. I love the singing. I love the carols. In fact, I've been known to put them on in the summer and belt them out in the car. I just enjoy the whole season of Christmas. But you know, there is a song that beats them all hands down. And that's in Luke and it's called the Magnificat and it's the song of Mary. And when I think about Mary, um, you know, we, we kind of gloss over this young teenage girl. We might know she's a young teenage girl, but what was she going through? What on earth was going through her mind right before she actually had the Lord Jesus uh, as her actual son? And you take it to Luke 1, and uh, it talks about the angel Gabriel. Um, now, Gabriel, any of the angels are quite fearsome. And yet, never in this story do we hear that Mary is afraid. Any other place, an angel appears and they faint or they're terrified. In fact, just a few verses before this, Gabriel appears to Zechariah, and it says Zechariah was filled with fear. But no, Mary isn't. Listen to the words that the angel says. It is in verse 28 of Luke 1. And he, Gabriel, came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So Mary is not terrified. Mary is actually more taken aback by the greeting itself. Oh, favored one? In my Amplified, it talks about that she goes over and over in her mind trying to figure out what does that mean? She here, she's a young, poor teenage girl. She's the favored one. But then we notice that it's because she is so preoccupied and overwhelmed with this, oh, favored one, she misses the best part of the greeting. And that's when Gabriel says, the Lord is with you. Remember, he says that, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. How many times, ladies, are we so preoccupied and uh, overwhelmed and taken up with the concern before us that we forget that little part, the Lord is with you. And, and there are verses that I know we all have that we kind of love. And I'm, I've asked the panel in advance to just read one of these verses about the Lord being with you. So uh, Esther, if you would like to read your verse. Yes, I'm reading from Isaiah 41 and 10, and it says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, this uh, passage is and has been ever since I was a child, a very um, relevant and comforting passage for my family when I was a child as we were walking through some very difficult times uh, with my dad. Um, and it's interesting that when you're a child and that verse becomes something that your family clings to, 
it, it really stuck. And as an adult, I have run to this verse often because it reminds me of God's character. It reminds me of his compassion. And it reminds me of his promises that he says, I am with you. Um, don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. What a comfort it is to know that the God of the universe who planned and created everything that we see around us, including me, cares for me enough to uphold me with his righteous right hand. Amen to that. Amen. Martha, was there a verse that you would like to share? Joshua 1, 9 which says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I would just have to say, as you were talking there, I, I find it's a great reminder every Sunday that the Lord is with me. I do get so much out of the service just in the fact of walking into the church and when you start worshiping, it's just a reminder because it's easy with the busyness of life that you forget. And so as here with the angel, God often has to remind us, the Lord is with you. Yes, yes. And and, and how what a comfort, right? What a comfort. But here's poor mm -hmm. Mary still stumbling over the fact that an angel's before her and, and she has found favor with God. And Gabriel so gently goes on and he explains to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Whoa, that means he's God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Huh? That means he's the long awaited Messiah. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The eternal God. Uh, all of this just goes over poor Mary's head. Because all she could hear is the first words, you will conceive. And she is just frozen in her mind and stuck right there. What? She says, can that be? I'm a virgin. In other words, that's impossible possible. Now, I love the way Gabriel is so gentle with her because you see, when Zechariah, just a few verses above this, voiced disbelief, Gabriel reminded him that he, Gabriel, had been in the presence of God, and because of Zechariah's unbelief, he was struck mute. But no, with this young, bewildered girl, he very gently explains, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you there, for the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God, the angel ends with. And you know, that's something that we need to remember. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, there's over 25 references in the Bible that refers to God doing the impossible. How is it that we forget and allow our fears and doubts to control us when we hear verses like this, or we hear verses of Jeremiah 32, 17 is one of my favorites. Ah, God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched hand. Nothing is too hard for you. Can we really blame Mary at this point when we ourselves 
find mountains in front of us, impediments in front of us, and we say, oh, this is impossible. Have you ever found that panel? Have you ever seen that in your own life? Often, I want God to change the impossible by changing other people. But you know, sometimes at this Christmas season, I need to remember that what seems impossible to change, which is sometimes my own frustrations or sadness or challenges, God can change my heart, you know? And so it is possible for God to give me joy if this is a challenging season for me. We've had great Christmases and we've had Christmases where we felt, you know, life has changed and it's not the way I like it. Um, but God can give me joy even in that. And sometimes that's when God does the impossible. Oh, amen to that one. And, you know, we are going to see Mary now turn from unbelief and bewilderment to a, a, a wonderful state of rejoicing. Because after the Gabriel has said these astounding things to her, she's probably now thinking of them all, pondering them all. And she runs to the one on earth that she looks up to and is close to her cousin Elizabeth. And there she gets confirmation of the prophetic words of Gabriel when the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps because he knows he's in the presence of God Almighty who is already in uh, Mary's womb. And then Mary turns to rejoicing. And these verses, ladies, are amazing. This is the Magnificat, probably one of the most um, well-known portions of scripture at Christmas time, other than the actual Christmas story that we hear. Listen to what Mary says. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humblest state of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Wow. What a song of praise. What a chance to be able to know of God's mercy, to be reminded of his love for us, to be reminded that he will always be there for us, always fill our need and meet our need. It's an amazing song. I would like to just leave us with one closing verse. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And so uh, that is a reminder that the character of God has never changed. The character of God that spoke through the angel to Mary is still the same today for us, even in difficult times. And so Val, thank you for this real great reminder. Um, would you like to close us off with any final thoughts? Yes, yes. Um, to me, as I said before at the beginning, I love Christmas. And it could be a joyous occasion with family and friends. 
but it can also be sad and lonely if you're alone or if you're missing a loved one. And, uh, you know, when I think of Mary, a young teenage girl and all she went through and, and having, even having to travel and her last part of the pregnancy uh, to Bethlehem and then give birth without friends and family in a stable, no less, I have to say that my problems pale in comparison to this. But being honest, I also have to tell you that the last few Christmases have been hard. They're hard when all my kids have now grown and they're gone. And this house where I stay is, is so, you know, a bit empty. And so I have to grieve some of those memories. But when I read the Magnificat, when I read the song of Mary, her praise that she gives to the Lord, what a reminder and encouragement that even though our seasons come and go, things are going to happen in our life, my Lord will always be there. My Lord came down from heaven, lived a life on earth as a man who was fully God, died for our sins, perfect man. I, I just don't know a better way to express it than in the song of Mary. So I'm just going to pray that ladies, if you're coming across a little bit of a sad or lonely time or you're struggling this Christmas, read Luke 1. Read it many times with the song of Mary and give praise to our Lord because what better way to do it and to sing his praises. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Val. And so ladies, if you have been encouraged by this um, podcast today, share it with your friends. Um, and if you want to refer to some of the passages that we've quoted, they are down in the show notes. Uh, and so as you celebrate Christmas this year, we pray that you will stay deeply rooted in Jesus and that you will be encouraged by what you have heard today. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ. Thank you.